Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 244. Happy birthday, Marika Turkey Soup. And I am your host and Shade Tree Outboard Motor Mechanic. And today, we are... 261 days, 18 hours, 1 minute, and 11 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. Yeah, so I've been working the past several days on and off on trying to get my outboard motor repaired and operable on my little fishing boat that I have. So I've replaced the carburetor, I've replaced the starter, I've replaced the spark plugs, I've replaced the fuel line, I'm replacing the fuel line connectors, and I still cannot get the engine to start. It's turning over now because of the new starter. It's got fuel in the carburetor because of the new fuel line. The old fuel line connectors are leaking, which is not preventing fuel from getting in the carburetor. And I'm not sure why I am not getting fire in the motor. So I've got another idea, and that's to look to see if there's any coil packs in the motor that might be bad or need to be replaced. So I've got to check that. But if any of you guys have any ideas on what the issue could be, I'm all ears. So let me know. I am nothing more than a shade tree mechanic. I'm the guy who likes to work on stuff with his hands because he works on stuff with his brain Monday through Friday. And I have several buddies who ask me, why don't you just take it to the shop and have them fix it? And the answer is, it would, it would be cheaper for me to do that and easier for me to do that. But I enjoy working on things like the outboard motor and the lawnmower and the chainsaw and different things that I have to work on with my mind and my hands to try to figure out what's going on with them. So I'll get it figured out and I'll get that thing running. Otherwise, I will take it to the shop before too terribly long. So today's episode is going to be fairly quick because I have a birthday party to go to today and I'm sure most of you guys do too. So what I'm telling you is that there's not going to be a lot of idle chatter for me today. And we're just jumping into the last backlog of turkey news that I need to share with you to bring you all up to date on what is happening in the wonderful world of wild turkeys and turkey hunting. Oh yeah, and I also have an interview with Steve Stoltz where he's going to tell us 
how his spring 2019 turkey hunting season was. But first up, Maine is proposing to expand their fall turkey season and bag limits in 10 different wildlife management districts across the state. So listen to this. According to this article, statewide about 5,000 hunters hunt fall turkeys and their Department of Inland Fisheries and Wildlife know that because they charge money for a permit to hunt wild turkeys in the fall. Hint, hint, Alabama, charge money for a permit to hunt turkeys in the spring in Alabama. That way you'll know how many turkey hunters you really have in the woods. It's a good idea and it's a way to make a little extra money. So the DIFW's proposal will expand Maine's fall turkey season to open on the Monday closest to the 17th of September and will run until November the 7th and it will increase the bag limit in nine wildlife management districts from two birds to five birds, either sex, and increase the bag limit from one bird to three birds and another WMD. DIFW is also proposing to change their regs to allow 10-gauge through 28-gauge shotguns and 410 bore size guns as well as lowering the shot size requirement to allow seven to nine shot in TSS. Now, that part of it, I completely get. But five birds, either sex, in the fall in nine different WMDs? Man, I understand there are only about 5,000 fall turkey hunters in the state, and I understand I'm not a biologist that lives and works in Maine. But all I can say is that I hope that the D IFW stays very nimble on the matter of an expanded season and bigger bag limit. They should be ready to change both of those back to the way it is now in the blink of an eye. Maine turkey hunters, if you want to know what a long season with high bag limit will do to your turkeys and turkey hunting, then come spend a week turkey hunting in Alabama this coming spring. I know having 5,000 fall turkey hunters kill five turkeys each is probably not going to put a huge dent into the population in Maine. But when that 5,000 fall turkey hunters turns into 10,000 fall turkey hunters who are able to kill five birds each, then you've got an issue. So the DIFW really needs to be nimble on that and be willing to change that back in a heartbeat. Okay, next up is Idaho. Any of you guys living and hunting in Idaho should know and act on a rule proposing to allow eight and nine-year-olds who hold an Idaho hunting passport to participate in some turkey hunts. Now, rules allow eight and nine-year-olds to purchase hunting passports, which is basically a document that allows people to purchase a discounted hunting license and try hunting before they take a hunter education class. I think that's a really smart thing personally. But passport holders are not permitted to purchase tags until they're 10 years old. So they can go hunting, they just cannot kill. But this rule change will allow these younger hunters to buy tags and actually participate and mentored hunting. So eight and nine year olds will actually be able to carry a gun and harvest animals if this rule passes and becomes law. So you guys in Idaho need to step up, call your legislators, call the people that matter to try to get this rule put in place. 
Now, for those of you guys who hunt in states where there are still trap and transfer programs underway, listen to what Utah's in the process of doing. So the Utah Wildlife Board has approved transplant sites for the next five years, and they are now mapping those sites. The map includes 267 locations where turkeys could be relocated. Now, 210 of those are to expand existing turkey populations, and 57 of those will be new areas for turkeys. Utah says that in the past, these restocking sites were only recorded in text format, but actually mapping these sites makes much more sense because of the increased detailed information provided. Pretty cool. And yeah, it makes sense. Great news from Pennsylvania. So the powers that be in the state of Pennsylvania reported there were zero hunting-related incidents in the spring 2019 season. Zero. That's a big deal. It's a big deal because there's some talk about expanding Sunday hunting in Pennsylvania. And those people who are against Sunday hunting will have one less argument about allowing Sunday hunting for wild turkeys because of hunting accidents. And I really doubt there would even be more hunting accidents on a Sunday than there would be on a Saturday. But maybe there would. So that's just a little bit more fuel for the fire for the Sunday hunters. And it's always a good thing to not have accidents while we're hunting. Don't you think? Indianans. Is that even right? Is that the right way to say that? Your DNR needs your help counting turkey broods. In fact, their goal is to collect 3,000 brood surveys from citizens around the state. And they want at least 25 of those surveys in each county. And you guys in Indiana have from July 1st through August 31st to get it done. In order to register as a 2019 volunteer, go to on.in.gov slash turkeybrood, one word, turkeybrood. There are instructions on the website about how to participate and how to get started and how to report. So go do it now that we've gone through some good news and some great news. We're going to touch on some bad news for Wisconsin turkey hunters and hunters in general. The Wisconsin National Guard has permanently closed the 7,300-acre hardwood bombing and gunnery range to hunting and fishing by the public because of changing Air Force regulations. But the Wisconsin DNR says, hey, this is no biggie because there are still two pieces of public land totaling about 100,000 acres open to hunters and fishermen just a few miles west of the hardwood bombing and gunnery range. But anytime we lose those federal lands or state lands that are open for hunting, it's bad news for us. Okay, so we're going back to good news again. North Carolina turkey hunters reported 18,730 turkeys harvested this past spring. That is just 189 turkeys below the state's all-time high of 18,919 turkeys reported in 2017. Now, most of the high harvest reported counties are in the eastern or coastal areas of the state, which is pretty much true for all the states along the Atlantic coast. And the western part of North Carolina's harvest numbers are down about 9% from last year. Hey, fall turkey hunters in Michigan, get your application in now for your fall permit. Apply online at 
mdnr-elicense.com. That's mdnr-elicense.com or anywhere hunting licenses are sold. You have until August the 1st to apply and then the results are going to be posted August 13th. Alabama turkey hunters reported 9,177 turkeys harvested in 2018 and in 2019 the harvest was, drumroll please, 9,628 turkeys reported. Sound the party horns. Okay, I'm going to read just a couple of paragraphs from this article because I think this exemplifies the problem that we have not only in Alabama, but in other parts of the Southeast as well. According to Alabama Wildlife and Fresh Water Fisheries Director Chuck Sykes, those numbers need to be viewed with caution. Statistically, that's not a big difference, Sykes said. That's not the number of turkeys that were killed in Alabama. That's the number that were reported. I think about three times that amount were killed both years. Last year, we estimated about 40% compliance with game check. This year, some of our estimates are up around 65%. So it depends on which guesstimate you want to go with. If it's 40%, we've probably got plenty of turkeys. If it's 65%, then yes, we have a problem. And we won't know until we get better compliance. For every call I get that says we don't have any turkeys, I get another call that says it's the best season they've ever had. Until we get concrete numbers, we have to do the best we can. Okay, so you guys know this is my home state. You guys now know that Chuck Sykes is the director of the Alabama Wildlife and Freshwater Fisheries in the state of Alabama. You guys know that this is a topic that gets me pretty fired up, but I'm not going to do that today. I'm not going to get fired up. So I just want to read a few words from Chuck Sykes' quotes. I think we estimated about some of our estimates are up, so it depends on which guesstimate we won't know until. It's a lot of uncertainty, isn't it? Hey Chuck, we can fix this uncertainty. Yes, time is going to help fix some of that, but the state of Alabama can do a better job informing turkey hunters that they need to report their harvests. The state of Alabama can do a better job of knowing how many turkey hunters we have. The state of Alabama can do a better job of surveying those turkey hunters once they know who they are to ask them how many did you kill what was your hunting season like were you happy with it and it can all be done very inexpensively in fact if the state will sell turkey permits then the dollars generated by selling turkey permits can go to fund all of the surveys and all of the data gathering that the state needs to do from its hunters Okay, so now I want to talk about some of the fuzzy math in Commissioner Sykes's comments in this article. So Commissioner Sykes in the article says he thinks that the actual harvest in Alabama is three times what was reported. So three times what was reported would be about 28,800 turkeys. But yet in the article, he goes on to say that last year the state estimated the harvest reporting participation rate to be around 40%, which would mean about two and a half times the turkeys that were actually reported would have been harvested. That would be about 24,000 turkeys. 
That's almost a 5,000 turkey difference. That's a lot of turkeys. But wait, there's more. He said they estimate that this year that the harvest reporting participation could be as high as 65%. So if 65% of successful turkey hunters in Alabama reported their harvest, then that means that 14,800 turkeys were harvested. So where do we stand? Did hunters in Alabama harvest almost 15,000 turkeys this year? Or did they harvest almost 30,000 turkeys this year? That is a huge, huge difference in harvest rates. So do you guys kind of sense my frustration here of what we seem to be dealing with, with managing what to me is a very valuable natural resource in the state of Alabama? All right, I'm off the soapbox. I told you guys I was not going to get fired up about it, and I'm not going to dwindle on it, but I am going to tell you that Mississippi turkey hunters reported a harvest of 12,644 wild turkeys in 2019. It's first year of mandatory harvest reporting, by the way. So in his first year of reporting, Mississippi hunters reported harvest numbers 30% higher than Alabama hunters reported in its third year of reporting. Why is that? I have a bunch of questions to ask about this disparity in reporting numbers in states with similar size, similar hunter and population demographics, turkey population estimates, etc., etc. But I'm not going to start because it gets me fired up and ain't nobody got time for that today. So let's move on because I want to share a call with you guys that I did with Steve Stoltz. I called Steve to check on him and his hunting season after it ended and well there's no reason for me to talk about it anymore. Let's roll the clip. Hey everybody, I'm glad to tell you I have on the line with me today Steve Stoltz and I'm calling and aggravating Steve this morning because I want to hear about his turkey season and hear how things went. And so, Steve, you were on the show really, I think it was the week before turkey season started in Alabama and Mississippi, and you were headed to Mississippi, if I'm not mistaken, right about the time that, that we were talking or that we talked. And so, first of all, how are you today? Oh, Good. Just tired. I worked at the fire station yesterday. Of course, I'm still a firefighter full time, and just had one of those nights where people needed 911. So. Oh goodness. <laughs> Any yeah. rate, but you know that's duty calls, and when people are in need, we go. So. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, so we talked, then that would have been back in March when when we last just uh, talked, probably mid March, I'm guessing. Yeah. It was. So how did your how'd your trip go to Mississippi? And then I want to hear about the rest of your season as well. So the, the trip to Mississippi was, uh, as always, it's, and I mentioned in, on your program then that, you know, it, it, Mississippi's kind of more of a family reunion trip for me. Right. And if it's good turkey hunting, then it's good, you know, and if not, not a big deal. But Mississippi turned out to be quite a challenge. Always is to go south dealing with you know birds that just are pressured a lot heavier than our midwestern birds yeah that being said the weather was probably the biggest deterrent in that i had beautiful spring turkey hunting weather the whole trip however we had just they had just experienced 
several weeks of tremendously bad weather. I'm talking cold, rain, wind, horrible conditions. And so I literally showed up when the weather, the, the day the weather broke, Yeah. which, which was, I, I went down there opening day of their season, did not hunt opening day. So I started my hunt the second day of Mississippi season. And let me tell you, when it's down in the in the twenties at night in southern Mississippi, it affects the turkeys gobble. <laughs> yeah. So good, clear, high pressure, but almost too cold and, and it, too much weather had just moved through. They just weren't in the in a good mood yet. Now I'm not making excuses because I did kill a turkey. I actually got on one either the i I'm gonna say the third morning of the hunt, of a five day hunt, and I couldn't get them killed. And mainly because a dog came through. I was set up on him on the roost and he flew down and everything was going just like clockwork. And he was moving in my direction and he shut up abruptly like something just happened. And you knew something just happened. And within a minute or two. All right. That's all I've got for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you would like to hear the rest of this week's episode, including the rest of the interview with Steve Stoltz, then you will need to become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. And in order to become a subscriber to the premium content, you will need to text the word turkey hunter make that one word text that to the number 44222 when you do that you will receive instructions from me that you'll need to follow and eventually you're going to get a link from me via email that you can click on to create your username and password to the podbean application and pay your $18 per year annual subscription fee and to receive your premium subscription to the turkey hunter podcast The process is easy, it's quick, it's painless, and it's just barely more than a month's subscription to Netflix. And hopefully this $18 that you're going to pay per year is going to help you kill more turkeys than a subscription to Netflix. I hope you guys enjoyed that call with Steve. You know, I'm a little bit jealous of Steve and the guys like him. I really feel like I have a great deal of room for improvement in my calling skills, and I wish I had the time to devote to practicing to be a better caller because I feel like improving my calling skills would equate to another one or two turkeys per season. But when I don't have a good ear to pick up on minor differences in pitch and tone and I don't spend three to four hours per day practicing like those guys do, then I'm just going to get out of it what I put into it. And that's all I can expect. So until I start working on improving my calling ability, I have to continue to learn all I can learn about turkeys and woodsmanship in order to fill that gap and kill those extra one or two turkeys per season. And that is what I hope this show brings to you guys. Okay, that's all that I've got for you guys today. But before I cut you guys loose for the week, please do me a favor. Actually, do two favors for me. Number one, eat a lot of barbecue today. Number two, please go to your podcast player application that you listen to this show on and share this week's show via text message with two or three hunting buddies. It's a huge help for the show and I appreciate it very much. And I have to say thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. 
If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.